Now, Jesus died a good while ago, so why do we celebrate his birthday? It's a good question. Much of the world doesn't want anything to do with Jesus, but they certainly want to celebrate Christmas. They just don't want Christ in Christmas. But we celebrate Jesus' birthday for a very different reason. This is what it says in Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he gives us uh, a really good description of why we celebrate Christmas. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, he mentions darkness and light twice in these couple of verses. And he says, first of all, people walking in darkness and people living in deep darkness. I mean, it's, it's a good picture, isn't it? It's not just darkness, it's deep darkness. Deep darkness is the kind of darkness when you get up and you can't see anything. Looking around the world, reading our history books, it seems kind of obvious that humankind is walking in darkness and has been walking in darkness for a long time. If you look through our history, it is littered with wars and all the stuff that goes on that causes lots of problems in the world. And if you look at the way our world works, we seem not to possess any wisdom. We don't seem to have truth anymore. Anybody can have their truth, even if it's directly opposite to somebody else's truth. And in the Western world specifically, we have no moral values. Don't have anything within it. And mankind seems to stumble from one disaster, one disaster pardon me, to the next. Now the question then would be, well, where is the answer to this? And he mentions it by talking about light twice. He says, people have seen a great light. On those living in darkness, a light has dawned. And we begin to see why we celebrate Christmas. Now I love the picture of dawn. Uh, over the winter time, how many of you go out to work in the morning and it's still dark? Anybody? A few of you. Isn't it great to see the sun coming up? I go with my daughter in the morning to take her to the bus stop, uh, and at particular parts of the year, it's just at the time when the sun comes up. And it's amazing how everything is dark, you can't see anything, everything is miserable, and then the sun comes up and everything begins to take shape. I love that expression. C.S. Lewis said that he believes in Jesus Christ uh, just in the way that he believes that the sun is risen. He says not because he can see the sun, but because by it he can see everything else. I think that's an amazing thing. The sun has risen. And that's the whole point to Christmas. The point to Christmas is that human beings have been living in darkness for so many years and then Jesus Christ comes and he brings light to the world and he shows us how we should live. The world is no longer the same 
because Jesus has come. The world was in darkness, but now Jesus has come. It says further down in this book of Isaiah that I was reading, it says this from verse 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. What an amazing prophecy about Jesus. And it shows us the kind of light that Jesus brings. You know, if you look through, it is a light that is everlasting. It is a light that is wonderful. It is a light that brings counsel. It is the light of the almighty God. Think about it. Jesus has been given all power. He is wonderful and he is mighty. He is a counselor and he gives wisdom and truth. He brings peace that will never end. He is fair and just and he will rule for all eternity. What an amazing statement. Could you imagine if that was the kind of manifesto of a political leader? Wow, I'd vote for that one. <coughs> Now you may ask this glaringly obvious question, well if this is the case, if it's the case that he's wonderful and mighty, if it's the case that he's wise and truthful and that he brings peace that will never end and he's fair and just, well where is it? I don't see it. I'll tell you why we don't see it. Because to a large extent the world has rejected Jesus. You know, in the same way that the Jews rejected Jesus when he came to the earth and they crucified him and they killed him, in the same way, over this period of Christmas and the way the world lives, the world in general has rejected Jesus. They don't want to live by his light. Now you might say, well, how have they rejected Jesus? Well, it's quite simple. Jesus said, if you have two of something, give one to somebody who doesn't. Well, we don't do that. The rich are rich and the poor are poor. We don't serve much justice. There is so much out there where Jesus said, if you want to live by my truth and my light, this is how you are to behave. Not only should you love your neighbour, but you should love your enemy. Wow. Think about that. Love your enemy. That you're supposed to bless those people who curse you. And so the world says, no, we don't want that. We don't want Jesus' wisdom. We don't want him to reign over us. We don't want his wisdom. We don't want his power. We don't want his peace. We want to live how we choose to live. And the sad truth is that that brings a very unpleasant judgment on all human beings. Why? Because in rejecting Jesus, we perpetuate something. We perpetuate the misery, the war, the violence, the greed and the suffering that is on the planet. It, it, it never ceases to amaze me that we say we are a very advanced human race 
that we have made amazing breakthrough in technology, we've made amazing breakthrough with science and medicine, um, we say we've gained so much wisdom, and yet there are more wars on the earth now than there were a hundred years ago. There's more violence, there's more oppression, there's more greed, there's a greater divide between the rich and the poor. And because we choose to live like that and not like Jesus wants us to live, it then means we need to answer for that. Because we're perpetuating it. Jesus came and said that if you live according to the truth and the light that I give you, it will transform how this world lives. Something else that amazes me is that the greatest humanitarian aid organization across the whole of the world is the church. It is the body of Jesus Christ. And it's just a small demonstration of the difference that Jesus made. I said this at the carol service. If you look at anything that we have had in British government that has made a change, NHS, removal of slavery, education, they have all been introduced by people who follow Jesus. If they didn't follow Jesus, we would not have this stuff. One of the reasons that the Western world for, for nearly 50 years has been so sought after is that when we followed Christ, we also walked in something greater that other nations wanted to have. And so there's a challenge. And the challenge is this, is that the way the world is, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't. You know, we, we talk about an energy crisis, we talk about a financial crisis, but if you look at the amount of food we throw away every year, if you look at the amount of money we send into weapons and military and warfare, Actually, we could feed and clothe the whole world and educate the whole world three times over. We have plenty. It's just how we use it and distribute it amongst people. And it always comes back to what values will you live by? And Jesus said, love your neighbor. Jesus said, do good. Jesus said, help people. Jesus truly changed the world. Even if you look at Jesus' own life, if you read through the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus healed people. He multiplied food. Where other people condemned, he forgave. Jesus is so amazing. And the good news is that what we celebrate today is not somebody who lived and lived a great life and left us a great example and we're now sad because he's dead. No, Jesus died, but he also rose from that death. So where is he now? Well, he is seated above everything. You know, we have different levels of government, don't we? We have the local councils, we have the county councils, we have the members of parliament, we have parliament, we have the house of lords, we have the prime minister, we have all these different hierarchies. Well, let me tell you, above all of that, above all of the earth, above all authorities, Jesus Christ sits right at the very top. And his church, that's us. We are his body. What does that mean? Well, we are his hands and feet on the earth. 
It means we are part of his family. It means we are loved. It means that when this whole world implodes and it's time to wrap it all up, uh, I was reading, I think in Jeremiah, he made this amazing statement. He says, the world will wear out like a garment. Have you ever had a favorite coat that after a while you have to get rid of because it's got holes in or it's got bobbles in? I had this brilliant jacket that I loved. It was a, a trespass, waterproof, warm jacket. But in the end, I had to get rid of it because it had these white zips and they started to turn all yellow. And went down, it looked really manky. It had worn out. And the prophet says, this world will wear out. You know, we're doing all this stuff, renewable energy. Yeah, yeah, we can do all of that. But let me tell you, this world is slowly wearing out. And we're beginning to see the cracks. And so Jesus came to give us a different life. And the amazing thing with Jesus is that he doesn't change things externally. You know, we all want Jesus to intervene. I'm amazed, you know, I've seen so many comments from people, you know, in my 30 years of ministry who say, well, he's not a very good God, he hasn't done anything about this, and he hasn't done anything about that, and he hasn't done anything about that. If he could stop that, why doesn't he stop it? And I'll tell you why he doesn't. Because Jesus expects us to do it if we allow him to change us on the inside. When I mentioned these Christians who brought in the National Health Service, who started education, who uh, got slavery removed from the United Kingdom, these were people who followed Jesus. Jesus changed them on the inside and they went and transformed the world around them. And when anybody comes to you and says, well, why doesn't God do anything? Say, because he expects you to do it. <gasps> he expects you to do it. He expects us to change the world. How do we do it? Well, he fills us with his spirit. He gives us wisdom. He gives us power. He gives us authority. He resources us. He enables us to make amazing changes to the world. But we need to come to him first. We need to repent. We need to say, forgive me. We need to say, you're the Lord of my life. What do you want me to do? He is our boss, our father, our Lord, and he leads us through and we do amazing things. Every human being can be a source for good and change in the area that they live in. You can be a phenomenal impact in the neighborhood that you live. But it needs a change on the inside. Because the problem is, change on the outside doesn't necessarily mean anything's changed on the inside. You know, you see it. Maybe I shouldn't mention it because we've just had an example within our news, but I, I'm not referring to that, I'm referring to a general. You sometimes see political figures or uh, famous people or, or people who are well-known and then they go and they work in a, a soup kitchen for a day or they go and, and pack pass and what have you. And you know, actually, it's an external thing. It's not something that they're doing every week. It's not something where there's a change on the inside that is causing that activity. In just about every area of life, from becoming free of addictions to dealing with uh, some issues of anger or whatever else, it will only really change when it changes in here. 
And that change in here comes when Jesus comes in and it is a light that, that dawns. And I love that expression, a light has dawned because Jesus can come in and change you, bang, pow, like that. But for many people, it's like a light dawning slowly as we journey with Jesus, there is a change that comes into our life. And sometimes we don't even perceive it. My wife and I, we've been praying for patience. Well, I said, I've been praying for patience. Anybody here pray for patience? And Jesus was very good to us. He uh, sent us some neighbours with three large dogs. And they caused real havoc for us for two years. Now, in the end, they've moved out, it's all gone, and I kind of think, I wish Jesus had done it in a moment, but you know what, I've realised that after that point, our patience level had gone from here to here. It caused a change on the inside. It caused something to change, and, and when we deal with other issues, we realise that actually we've grown within that. And so Jesus comes to change us so that we are better people from the inside to the outside and so that we impact the world. My daughter was in a class in her school and they were talking about whether it would be prudent to rename Christmas because not everybody believes in Jesus Christ and therefore we should kind of remove all of that. But what a tragedy to go on celebrating something, but to remove the why. It'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Can you imagine on your birthday, everybody's celebrating and it's all great. The party's going, what are you celebrating? I haven't got a clue, but it's a great party. How foolish that we don't realise without the why, there is nothing to celebrate. I mean, without Jesus, Christmas is a complete waste of time. Yeah, we enjoy the food, it's nice to be with our families, but hey, we can do that every day. We can do that every weekend. But without Jesus, there is no reason to celebrate Christmas. Because there is no light, there is no wisdom, there's no change on the inside, and there's no impact into the world. And so I find it a massive challenge that for us who do believe, that we say, you know what, we want to celebrate the light of truth and the love and grace that came with Jesus. Maybe the world doesn't want to know. The Apostle John wrote this about the world. He said, God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than light for their actions were evil. What a statement. People actually loved darkness. So my encouragement to you this morning is this, as we celebrate Christmas, let's be people of the light. Let's live by the truth and enjoy the wonder and peace that Jesus brings. Let's have it on the inside rather than all the external stuff. Hey, I, I, I like mince pies. My top says it. 
I love all the stuff about Christmas. I love the celebration. I love the candles. I love the family time together. But the thing that I love the most is that every time we celebrate Christmas, I can see the sun coming up. And I can see the darkness disappearing. I'm thinking the light of the world has come. Let's celebrate the forgiveness that Jesus brings. Let's live in joy knowing that God loves us. Let's be thankful that this world will one day pass away and Christ will return and he will take us home to be with him. And why is that so good? Because there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no weeping and we will be with him for all eternity. All the stuff in this world that is negative will be gone. And so this morning, that's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came, the light came, and I want to encourage you today, respond to Jesus Christ. Well, how do you do that? You simply start talking to him. He is alive. You talk to him, you sit down, you, you get away from the crowd for a moment, you say, Jesus, I want your light in my life. I want that light to dawn and I never want it to set and I want it to be there and I want it to guide me. Have you ever walked across your bedroom floor when it's dark and you tread on things and you stub your toe on things? Especially if you go to my daughter's room. <laughs> you know, but you have the light on, you don't think about it, you don't hear anything. Isn't it amazing? We take it for granted. If this was all pitch black, we probably wouldn't get out the door. But light helps us to see how to live. And, and in a world of darkness, as we follow Jesus, people will be able to follow us because they say, these guys know where they're going. They can see something that we can't see. So I want to encourage you, spend some time, talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to live by your light. I want you to change me from the inside so that I can be a force for good in this world that we live in. And I can be a bringer of light. It's one of the things that, that I love about Christmas is you drive through the neighborhood and you see all the lights everywhere. Everything was dark before and you drive through and there's lights everywhere. And that's what we should be like as believers everywhere. There's a house here. It's bringing light. There's a house there. It's bringing light. A person here, a person there. In the workplace, you bring light to your neighbours. You bring light, you know, to your family. You bring light. Why? Because Jesus has brought light to us. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you are the light of the world. There is no other light. You are the only light and you're the only light that we need. And I want to pray today as we celebrate your amazing birth, Jesus, as that light has dawned on the world and it is still here. I want to pray that you would help us to live in the good of that light. We invite you into our hearts. We ask you to forgive us. And we pray that as we move into a new year, that you would help us to be people of the light. And so, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you that on your birthday, we can receive a present. That gift of freedom from sin and forgiveness and that joy and peace that you bring to us. 
And so I pray for everyone here this morning that we would know the peace and joy and hope and love and that amazing relationship with Jesus at this most amazing time. In Jesus' name, amen.